This is the Big Brand Theory Podcast by Blackwood Creative with your host, Kyle Johnson. And now, here's Kyle. All right, hey guys, welcome to the Big Brand Theory Podcast. I'm Kyle Johnson, I'm CEO of Blackwood Creative. And uh, I'm excited about today because we're going to talk a little bit about um, kind of sales and marketing and how those two things work together. Um, and then uh, I guess a few other topics, really. Um, so with me, I have a special guest, Yeroen Korthout. So Yeroen, welcome to the podcast. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. I'm uh, Yeroen. I'm co-founder and CEO of Salesflare. And Salesflare is a CRM system for small and medium-sized businesses who sell B2B. Um, my background personally is, uh, is mainly in, in marketing. Uh, I actually studied engineering, but never had an engineering job. I started off in marketing in a, in a pharma company, and then I went to do a marketing consultancy uh, and then had a few startup projects, usually focusing on the, the marketing side of things. So tell us a little bit about Salesflare and what you guys do. Yeah, so about seven years ago, we were working on a, another software company and that was a business intelligence software company. And we had a lot of leads and we wanted to follow those up correctly. Uh, always know who to contact at the right time, know what we discussed last, uh, what they're about, all this kind of stuff. And we tried lots of different software products and we found that none of those really helped us uh, to stay up to date on a consistent basis, not because the software wasn't good or something, but it was the issue was that the software often came with this expectation that we would completely fill it out diligently with lots of discipline. Every single thing we did, every single piece of data we would see, like somebody would share their phone number, we would put in a CRM, we would place a call, we would put in a CRM, we would email them, we would put in a CRM, and we just couldn't keep up with those expectations. And at some point we were thinking, and we saw that actually most of the things we were doing in that sense was copying data over from our emails, like copy paste yeah. uh, yeah. from our calendar, from our phone, from company databases, social media, and we were constantly copying over information. And uh, from our backgrounds, we were like, okay, but all this data is digital. Uh, we can hook onto it. We can pull it in, integrate it, connect it, make sure that it becomes a sort of living thing uh, of, of data that automatically presents itself to you as a salesperson. Um, and that way it's just much easier to, to stay in touch because then the system that allows you to follow up correctly, um, updates itself and it's not dependent on your discipline, uh, to do that, which, which almost always fails. And that's why people hate CRMs and all CRM implementations fail and those kind of things. Um, so seven years ago, we had this crazy idea and started building this and now we have, uh, over 2000 companies using Salesforce for these exact reasons, uh, on an active basis. That's awesome. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I mean, even I was doing that dealing with that myself this morning, um, just going through emails and be like, shoot, I didn't follow up with that person. So, uh, it's clearly a problem across the board. So, so you guys have been at this for, you said seven years now. Um, yeah. 
and 2000 customers, active customers. That's, that's extremely impressive. Um, what are, what do you, what can you attribute? What do you guys, what have you done to plan to help to grow this over the last seven years? Um, I mean, imagine there's a mixture of things, but, um, tell us a little bit about kind of your marketing and your sales growth plan. Uh, I think a lot of it can be attributed to, um, building strong relationships with customers and really listening to them and adjusting our product to it and really working based on feedback we get, uh, like deepening that out, uh, organizing that when we launch something, we still know who asked for stuff. We ask them, do you like this? Uh, what do you think about it? Taking that back and then improving the product. Um, I think that's probably the essence of it and the thing we've been doing the longest uh, because really scaling our marketing, we didn't do for the first two, three years or something. Uh, we were really working with customers and I was, I was on calls with them every day, uh, doing everything from finding them to uh, convincing them to try our software, to onboarding them, to supporting them along the, the way. Um, but then when we started scaling our marketing, um, at first it was very much based on quick wins. Like we would get on Quora and we would get on product hunt. And then, uh, we did a launch on app sumo at some point. Uh, we tried to get in the press here and there. Uh, it was very much based on these kind of things. It's only after that, that we really started, um, building out our marketing, just like we build out our product where we, uh, try to build consistent value um, that actually compounds on, in the long run. Um, a lot of it is based on um, doing more qualitative content marketing than other uh, sources or companies or whatever. Um, that's actually our, you could say our third traffic driver after one is probably word of mouth. Second is um, review sites, Googling, blog listings, all this kind of stuff. And okay. third is, is content marketing. It's the value we provide around the software because we help people do better sales with, with software. Uh, but next to that, there's so many other things we can add uh, to help people um, do that. And when we write stuff about that and we mentioned Salesforce here and there, or maybe show how you can use Salesforce to, to do things. Um, then that's a good uh, lead generation driver uh, as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's something that as an agency, we talk to our customers about as well. We do a lot, help a lot of customers with, um, with that idea of content marketing and the concept of how do we provide as much value as we can around the service or the product that you have. Um, and even, even to an extent of like, not, not just here's how you can use our product to win, but here's how you can win. And Oh yeah, by the way, our product can help you with this as well. Um, exactly. And, and I think generally customers or readers or whoever's coming across that stuff will understand pretty quickly, whether you're just trying to throw out a sales pitch or if you're actually <laughs> trying to provide value and then say, Hey, we know about this because this is what we do. Uh, I think there's a clear difference and the, the smart consumer nowadays can see that. Right. Yeah. I, I do think that to be successful in Google nowadays, you also 
for a long while, you could see this kind of crappy pages popping up in, in search results where uh, you would search for something and then basically would get on a landing page that didn't offer much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think these things are, are slowly sinking uh, down page one, <laughs> yeah. off page one, uh, where then the, the things that actually offer value, like the you have a question, you type something in Google, you find your answer, uh, is more and more likely to uh, hit the top of page one. Yeah. Yeah, so that's bringing more value and and you're getting rewarded by search engines because of the value that you're bringing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's for sure valuable. So what do you, so talk to me a little bit about content marketing. Like what's your guys' strategy? What's your plan? Like what have you been doing? Uh, even what platforms are you using for that? Uh, it evolved over time. Um, first of all, uh, I need to uh, stress again the first two, three years, we didn't do content marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not because I don't think content marketing is a good channel. It's just because uh, we were a small company and uh, I had to f- be focused on the customers rather than trying to scale something that wasn't there yet. Yeah. Um, I get I get startups sometimes asking me like, oh, you're doing all this great marketing. We want to do the same. And then I'm like, okay, so how much did you sell already? They're like, we have two pilots. I'm like, why, why scale it then? Yeah. Why don't you focus on these pilots, make them successful, get another 20 like those, and then, and then think about scaling stuff. Uh, but then um, our very first content marketing was uh, very much uh, trying to hype uh, a little. It's mm-hmm. trying to get interest uh, from Facebook groups mainly. Um, our marketer at the time had this strategy where he would write something, a really good writer, um, sort of engaging content with some growth hacks and all. And then he would throw a draft of that in a Facebook group, like in a, in a Google doc. Mm-hmm. And then people would react to that. It's, it felt very non-promotional. And afterwards I would get on the blog and then, you know, we got sort of a name that way. Mm-hmm. Um, then for a while we switched to, a to really SEO with the goal of offering value and creating traffic um, where we sort of disregarded uh, whether it's going to be good lead gen or not. Um, so we wrote a lot of things which are, uh, which are very much top of funnel content like mm-hmm. um, uh, here's the startup conferences for the year, here's the best investors, here is... Uh, uh, sales skills you need or stuff like that. Things that are very loosely related to uh, Salesforce in many uh, ways uh, that create a lot of traffic, uh, but that are not very likely to generate a lot of leads. These mm-hmm. things are still doing very well uh, in terms of traffic again, but yeah. <laughs> we tried to plug Salesforce, but that doesn't really, really work. It helps for our, for our uh, rankings, uh, SEO wise sure. and stuff. Um, and then we started focusing more and more on, um, content that actually converts, um, where what we do now is we, we try to find topics that are closely related to Salesflare. Um, then we write about those exactly answering the question that people have in a much, uh, deeper way than most posts do, because the issue with, with much of the content marketing out there is that um, it's not written by people who know anything about the topic. 
Uh, it's written by people who have uh, done some research on the topic and then write about it. It's basically like it's a copywriter asked to write about sales, let's say a uh, sales quota. And then that person goes, uh, read some other blog posts about sales quota, basically rehashes that like copywriter reads what other copywriters wrote about sales quota and then makes a post about that again throws that online and the, 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 the content gradually becomes more and more superficial and less helpful to people. Mm. Um, whereas what we really try to do is to, to have people who know the topic to write about. So either I, I look for some experts somewhere or when it's something I know I write myself, or I mean, there's, there's some, some possibilities there. Um, and we try to offer some more value um, in posts, um, some tidbits here and there that help people more. And then throughout that, we'll also start showing like, oh, oh if you want to keep track of these sales quota, then, uh, you know, this is how you do it in Salesflare. And then you can, you can see where you are versus quota. And it works like with this forecast with the probabilities here and there. And that's how it usually works. And, you know, if you want to, if you want to try that, you know, and that, that way, um, you respect people's question, you give good answers, and then you show, okay, if you want to solve this issue, we have something for it, you know? It's open to you. <laughs> you want it, you don't want it, yeah. but we have it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, and that's, I think that's, that's the way everybody should be doing it, right? If they're, they should, and I and I really like what you're talking about where if, if you can have a lot of value or if you, if you have a lot of expertise in your field, right, you can bring a lot more value to an article, a lot more detail um, than just somebody off the street who's good at writing. Um, so I, that's something that I think that a lot of, I guess, in-house marketers maybe miss that opportunity to say, how can we utilize some of our own people to generate content that is, um, that is on point and, and accurate, uh, but also extremely valuable. And you may need a copywriter to like massage it a little bit and make it exactly. more readable. But having somebody that really knows what they're talking about can be a game changer in the quality and then the ranking. So that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do think that the role for the copywriter, that if it's a topic that they, I mean, that needs some depth and, and expertise, of course, uh, that they're better in a role where they massage it like you said like make it make it an outstanding text from having like this really deep content to making it something that is is is, is more readable and engaging and i don't know what better structured clearer yeah um that's 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 like the extra level where the copywriter can come in what about outside of that type of stuff have you guys gotten heavy into since your focus is b2b like have you gotten much into social media or what does that presence look like for you guys uh we are present on uh, mainly uh facebook linkedin and twitter um i must say well facebook we all know that if you want reach on facebook nowadays you need to spend some but yep. it's not expensive <laughs> yes that's and also what we do um we have some audience also on there so we have audiences for our own customers and users. We have audiences for our blog readers, then audiences for uh, people we want to reach that we want to get into one of these other bucket buckets. Um, 
And we also have an audience for people who who considered uh, trying Salesforce. Um, so we we target all of those. Um, then on uh, Twitter, it's good for opinionated stuff, but in general, not really for the stuff we're after. Like like sales content doesn't necessarily do well on Twitter. Might be different for the topic someone else is in, but not not really for us. Um, LinkedIn is a really good place. Uh, we don't spend anything on LinkedIn, uh, but we get a, a, a ton of organic uh, likes and views and all those kind of things. Um, that's the nice thing about LinkedIn nowadays is that if you have something valuable, you can get a lot of um, organic reach with it or something hypey as well. And then you can also get a lot of reach. So uh, do you, have you guys done stuff with like hypey stuff? You know, you mentioned before, like, in the beginning you were doing some things, but like, have you done any random weird content that's gotten uh, attention or do you try to stick kind of within something more professional, I guess? Uh, no, no, not necessarily with content, but any, any time we have something to tell people like, like for instance, uh, last week or the week before uh, we, we launched on a, on, on Samsung app stack and then the best place to get the word out is LinkedIn. You just uh, write a blog post on there. Well, a blog post, a LinkedIn post, mm-hmm. uh, not an article, uh, just a normal post with, with some image. And then you spice it up a bit and then you post it and you can, you can get a lot of views just by doing that. Um, whereas in most other social media, it would very easily die down and not get that sort of reach. And yeah, that, that can work with a lot of things. Sometimes um, I think that like LinkedIn is sort of like a, a professional Instagram or something, you know? Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we found LinkedIn to be the organic reach, obviously still good. Um, but obviously we saw Facebook being really good with organic reach back in the day, but more recently, like you mentioned, <laughs> Uh, it's pay to play at this point. So, um, so yeah, we, we like LinkedIn specifically for the business to business world. Um, how does your, how does your content, does it vary between the social media? Like, I guess between Facebook and LinkedIn, is it different stuff or do you guys generally have the same content going out or how do you, how do you do that? If it's about the blog articles, they're the same on our social media. Um, but if you post something specific, then it might be different. If you know what I mean? If it's like more of a, just a, a post on the social medium, then that can be different. Yeah. You guys, have you been able to figure out for yourselves, like what, um, which one has been performing better as, as far as like maybe lead gen or traffic generation at all, or is it still just kind of gathering data? They have different roles. So um, LinkedIn is a better place to uh, stay in touch with customers. Um, I connect with every uh, trial user or customer automatically um, and they get updates then and stuff. And it's good to build relationships. Um, While Facebook is more of a, a funnel thing, 
I would say a bit earlier on in the funnel, uh, sure. where people are massaged a bit into uh, remembering Salesflare and thinking like, oh, they they create great contents, you know? Yeah. Um, and Twitter is just a place where we are. I don't know why. <laughs> There's a lot of people asking themselves, why am I still on Twitter? It's uh, it's a good question. Yeah, at least at least uh, as a as a publisher, I think as a consumer, it's a really interesting medium. I like to read some stuff on Twitter or on Reddit or uh, good places for this kind of stuff. But to to post stuff as a B two B company, I don't know, not really. I think. Yeah, it's interesting to me as I was as we kind of evolve through this social media world that like we're seeing each platform become even more, um, I don't know, separated if the right is the right word or like clarify between what's, what value that platform is bringing to a business mm -hmm. and saying like, okay, well, a lot of people are saying, well, if you want Twitter is basically your, 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 uh, sports and news station, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And where, uh, and then LinkedIn's business and Facebook's kind of this all encompassing and Instagram's artsy stuff. And so I think there's, they're clarifying their role a little bit more, like you said. And as we pull in these things into our business and try to utilize them for growth, like that's, that's where I think if we pay attention to, I like, I love what you said about each one has its own role and it, and it should in within your business and within your marketing, um, you shouldn't necessarily just, but every single thing the exact same way on all platforms, it's just not going to, I don't think it's going to land well, at least mm -hmm. on certain ones. So what do you guys see um, as you're kind of paying attention to stuff coming down the, the, the road, I guess, uh, as far as B2B marketing and sales, like what are you guys seeing as far as trends? Maybe that's data that's coming out of your platform or you're just paying attention to, but like, what are some trends you're seeing in, in I guess, in marketing and sales? Um, yeah, we, we mostly focus on the sales aspect. Sure. Um, although I would say like a, a better collaboration with marketing is uh, something that is only uh, happening for many companies in the, the past few years or still needs to happen. I still see a lot of companies that where the marketing department has no sense at all of what the, the sales team is doing. And that's mainly because the sales team doesn't keep track of it correctly. And then the marketing department cannot see it either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of very obscure. Um, a lot of that has to do with, uh, with, with fixing the CRM to actually work for the sales team. Um, next to that in sales, what we've seen is that, um, CRMs have become more and more about uh, communication, real customer relationships rather than just being a database of customer information. And that now also more and more, uh, they're becoming practical sales tools where what we used to know as these uh, separate sales automation tools are all becoming more and more um, integrated into the CRM. Uh, so that becomes a thing with which you actually do your sales, do your follow-up, automate things, uh, rather than just putting in information. I feel like the if you and and we've talked about this before, even on this podcast. But um, when you're looking at the sales team and the marketing team, 
what are some things that they can start practicing, start doing? Maybe that one of those big things is integrating a better CRM, but like, what are some things that they can do to work together better? Yeah. Um, most of it probably starts with the CRM because um, as a marketing and a sales team, you can't just spend your time uh, talking about every customer and saying, well, this customer, you know, this and that. Uh, it needs to be in some sort of system where everybody has access and can see it and pull segments and, uh, you know, everything is just available. Uh, I mean, the communicating is not going to happen. It's, it needs to be sort of a data thing uh, going on. Now, the issue is that uh, most companies don't use their CRM properly. Uh, I think a few ways to go about that is uh, uh, when you select the CRM, uh, first figure out what you want, what you need a CRM for. So you pick the right one. Um, because there's many different types out there. If you're an e-commerce company, you need a completely different thing than if you're a B2B company trying to organize your sales or if you're yeah. some kind of solopreneur who wants to send some emails to his uh, uh, customers, then you also need a completely different thing. Um, but then secondly, if you're, let's assume you're in, in, in B2B um, and you have a sales team, then what a lot of people don't do is involve that sales team in the decision or at least not enough. Uh, you really need to work with them to find something they want to use. That's the essence of it because if they're not going to use it, yeah, then it just doesn't make sense to, to get a CRM. You're just throwing money at a whatever. Um, and you know, just not, not just throwing money away that you're giving to a CRM, but just, throwing money away because you, you're leaving an enormous amount of opportunities on the table, like worse follow-up, worse coaching, um, salespeople leave and you have no idea what they have been doing. Yeah. Uh, people are sick. You don't know where to pick up. The collaboration with the, with the marketing team is, is bad. Uh, the finance guys don't know what the, what kind of forecasts to make, you know, all those kind of things. Yeah. But then, Another essential thing is when you start using, um, a lot of teams think that training is about uh, understanding the software and that's where it ends. Uh, while software can be used in many different ways, and it's important that you find a way together as a team that you're going to use it. Um, that makes that it, it's not all chaotic in there yeah. and everybody has a good sense of, okay, this is how we're going to use it. But then also if you work together, whether it's within the sales team or with the marketing team, then the data is there in such a way that you understand it. Like uh, then the, the, the marketing team member can very easily say, okay, I'm to segment people that this and that and that and that. And the data makes sense. And you exactly have these people uh, like that segment. Well, if, if there's no understanding of, okay, this is how we're going to use a CRM, this is where it moves, moves stage, this is the fields we're going to use, and this is how we're going to use these fields, and this is what we're going to fill in that order and whatever, then, then that just, just, just doesn't work. And it's not very complex. It just means that you sit together, talk about it, write down what you've decided in a document, and then use it as a guideline and sometimes revise it. It doesn't have to take a lot of time, but it's it's, it's so important if you want to um, work together well and 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 have proper data that you can fall back on and and have a system that you can sustainably use towards the future. And then then that step is really essential as well. 
Huh. Where do you feel like, uh, as you're looking at different companies out there, where, like, is there, is there a optimal size or maybe a minimum size of company, minimum number of employees or customers or something like that, that where it really starts to make sense to have a CRM versus it may be overkill or, or somebody who's just one person by himself? Uh, that's a good question. I think if you're one person by yourself, then it's probably defined by the amount of leads that you have. If you can manage it in your heads, then you don't need a CRM. If you, a sheet works for you, then sure, you don't need a CRM. Um, the same applies probably if you, um, if you, uh, if you're like two founders of a company, you could still do it in a sheet. But I think if the sheet goes at above 20 or 30 leads, then a lot of things are going to get lost in that sheet because that sheet doesn't track the communication and stuff that's going on. Uh, you need to manually update it all the time. The statuses of the things are not up to date anymore and then it becomes a mess. Um, if you go beyond, beyond the founders in a company, then it's almost always good to have a, a, a CRM because then you you just get get that that extra level of grip on things um, where you know what the salesperson is doing, you know how to coach them through it. You know, uh, oh, they've been saying that to the customer and that and that. It's in that stage, and and you can make suggestions. Uh, you can pull some reports on it. You can start systematizing things more. Um, I think there it's almost no, no doubt you need a CRM. That makes sense. So, uh, as we kind of wrap this up, what's, uh, what's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's kind of walking down this path and they've got a sales team and they've got a marketing team and, um, you know, and maybe each of those teams is only one or two people or something like that. But, um, how do they, what's one piece of advice that you can give them that they can really start to integrate these two teams together and maybe they are starting to shop for the CRM. What, what would you tell them to, to, how would, how would they start? What would you tell them to do? Yeah, I think part of it is, is finding something that the sales team wants to use because the sales team is going to produce data. And if they don't, then it's hard for the marketing team. Um, what's more important that this, the side of the marketing team to uh, to get is the right data. So it's good to define on their end what data they would need from the sales team and keeping that yeah. feasible, yeah, <laughs> uh, preferably. Uh, if you don't, then well, you can ask for a lot of data. You're not going to get it. Yeah. Um, I think if you nail these two things, you're you're ahead of most other companies. Uh, most other companies, the sales team doesn't use the CRM. And the marketing team definitely doesn't get the data they, they would like to get. Um, and, then, and then the thing I said earlier, like how are we going to use it as a sales team? I think yeah. if you involve the marketing team there as well and say, okay, how are we going to use this together? Uh, then, then you're probably off to a good start. And then sometimes you revise it also to make sure like, you see that some things are not going well. Oh, we emailed this customer who was actually, uh, we shouldn't have emailed them at all because this and that happened. And then you yeah. 
you change how you're 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 going about your CRM, and you can you can make sure these kind of things don't happen in the future. That's awesome, man. All right, well, again, I appreciate your time. Uh, a lot of value here. A lot of talking about trying to get teams to work together and just the value of, um, of integrating a CRM. So why don't we end with you just kind of telling us like, what's a good place for people to get in touch with you or to check out Salesflare? Like where should they go? Where should they start? Uh, Salesflare is easy. Just go to salesflare.com and Flare is F-L-A-R-E. Um, you can read all about the software there. Uh, you can check out our blog um you can try the software as well we have a trial which is nice. um, anywhere between i think seven and 30 days it starts out with seven but then when you do stuff like you set up the software you get extra days try to motivate people to set it up further we've seen that people are way more successful then yeah. um by the way our software is mainly used by uh agencies it's like marketing agencies software development companies and all that and the companies uh, but we do have other types of companies on the software as well. Always small and medium-sized companies selling B2B. Yeah. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, um, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Uh, there's only one person with my exact name, so it's not very <laughs> hard to find me, uh, if you can type it at least. Yeah. Um, but do please include a personal message. Because if you don't, then I get a lot of spam every day. I will just assume it's spam as well. Yeah. Um, but if you include a personal message, I'll certainly get in touch with you and then we can have a chat. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, thank you again for your time. I appreciate you coming and giving us a ton of value. Um, and guys, if, you, uh, if you're not using a CRM or you're not integrating some sort of tool to help you stay on top of sales and marketing, that kind of stuff, highly suggest you check out Salesflare. Um, if that's not a good fit for you, figure something out because um, that's that's really becoming even what Yaron was talking about in the beginning. And a, a very important detail in growing our companies is just making sure that we're communicating well and communicating in a timely manner and all of that. So, um, so make sure you're hopping on all of the social medias to follow the Big Brand Theory podcast. Um, and we'll link up all the all this stuff for Yarun and Salesflare and, and all that in our show notes. And we hope that you guys have an awesome day and go do some awesome stuff. Thanks so much for listening to the Big Brand Theory podcast. Make sure to like and follow us on social media and subscribe to the podcast today. 